Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal, and we are coming to you from Audioversity at 106.2 FM. We're so glad that you joined us today for a bunch of movie news, followed by the return of our segment, Can It Contend? We're going to do it in two parts. We're talking about both CODA and Nightmare Rally, directed by Guillermo del Toro, both of which are up for the Best Picture Prize. And we'll also be reviewing Netflix's newest hit, starring Ryan Reynolds, The Adam Project. On that subject, for our first news, uh, Sean Levy, who directed Reynolds in The Adam Project and Free Guy, is directing Deadpool 3 at Marvel Studios. That is actually amazing. I like... Um I like Sean Levy's work a lot. We're going to get more into it when we talk about the Adam Project. You guys know how how big a fan we, we were when we watched um, Free Guy. And yeah, I think the dude's talented. It's his kind of stuff. He has a good partnership with Ryan Reynolds. The first guys from that from the first two Deadpool movie are coming back to write it. So I think it's, it's going to be a winning hit. I just think it's sad for some people that wanted a narrated version because I think it's not happening anymore. Bro, I'm telling you, I think it's still going to be R-rated. It's not really Sean Levy's decision to make. No, not about Sean Levy, but if you hire Sean Levy, you don't want a narrated movie. That's that's where I'm coming from. Well, I mean, he, he makes action comedies, so I think it, it might just be more about his dynamic with Reynolds. Let's bet on it. So okay. if I'm right and it is not rated R... You are buying both of our tickets for Deadpool 3. And if it is rated R, you're buying the tickets. Okay. It's been done. Warner Brothers has just reshuffled their DC release schedule again. So right now we're looking at DC Leagues of Super Pets for July 29th this year, Black Adam for October 21st, Shazam! Fury of the Gods for December 16th, and next year, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom in March 17th, and Flash after 502,000 years after it was supposed to first come out on June 23rd, 2023. I've lost a lot of hope in the Flash when they delayed it seven months. But, I mean, at least Shazam's coming out this year. I mean, that's, that's at least nice. But they did... Just like we went to see the Batman last week and they had the ad with like four big theatrical DC movies. And they're like, look at our 2022 DC showcase. Now, half of those movies are not coming out in 2022. And that's just funny. It's insane. We watched it last week. Warner Brothers, at this point, this is what I would do. Okay. This is me after what I'm just a guy just watching all this shit go through. I know you spent a lot of money on these movies. Shelve them. Shelve all of them. Focus on the Batman. Create a new universe from that universe. Everyone loves it. And you can begin a new universe with like new actors and everything like that. No need for a freaking Flashpoint storyline to reset things. I think, and I think they should it. have learned their lesson about the crossovers. I'm looking forward to Shazam 2. I think Aquaman 2 will be a good amount of fun. 
I, I'm gonna wait until the Black Adam trailer comes out to like form an opinion about that. But right now, I just want to see what Matt Reeves and James Gunn have to do with DCEU. No, the rest, um, I could care less about. Honestly, not even James Gunn at this point. Like, have you, I, I really have you not I, seen Peacemaker. I haven't seen him yet. Okay, so watch Peacemaker. It's no, but, like one of the best superhero shows. No, but still, like my point is, blow everything up and start over with Matt Reeves. He clearly know what he's doing. And that's it. No, that's, but I'm going to call Alan out there. I do want to see James Gunn do more stuff for DC. Because yes, he's like the best thing that's happened to the DCEU. I don't think so. I think Matt Reeves is the best thing that ever happened to the DC universe. He's not in the DCEU. That's my point. <laughs> he should be. That, that should be the DCEU. Ah. Speaking of which, HBO Max has greenlit the Penguin spin-off series with Colin Farrell to reprise his role from the Batman. See, now this is where you get judged with me because I just said I want more of this. But this is not exactly how I want more of this. Here's the thing. <laughs> I get that they want more subscriptions, but they they should just continue this story in the second Batman movie instead of like branching off. That's what I think about this show. No, but it's supposed to be a prequel. Oh, really? That's also just weird. But, like, I don't know. Apparently, the, the Gotham PD show is morphing into, like, an Arkham show, which could actually be good, in my opinion. But we'll just have to wait and see. I'm most excited for the next Batman Robert Pattinson thing right now. Yeah, the same. And, uh, I like, again, I like, I really love the this universe that Matt Reeves has created, and I think we should just stay there <laughs> as long as possible. Because they want to do a cinematic universe, right? They keep trying yeah if you don't want it don't want it that's fine do a lot of random projects and that's fine you never get like that's what they're trying right now but then they're bringing in flashpoints so that i just don't get that's what i mean netflix has just greenlit a series about based on guy reaches the gentleman which i have still not watched you haven't watched this movie (laughs) oh it's a lot of fun i this is actually my favorite Guy Ritchie movie. Um, that and, like, I think Sherlock Holmes. Have you seen Sherlock with yeah, Robert Downey I, yeah, Jr.? Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, that one's a lot of fun. And The Gentleman, uh, I think, like, I'll give it a rewatch someday. I don't know about a series, but I feel like this is one that they could do something with. Um, yeah. There's, shows based on movies are very hit or miss. But in some cases, like... There's this movie that Taika Waititi did called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, the TV show is very good. The TV show is really good, and I think it's as good as the movie. Um, and the movie is also amazing. The movie's great. I haven't watched the last season of the show yet, but I, I will get to it. Yeah. And in some cases, the shows even get more famous than the movie. Like, Westworld was based on a really old movie. No one talks about that movie. They just talk about the show. Yeah. Florence Pugh and Austin Butler are in talks to join Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2 in some lead roles. And I couldn't be happier seeing a Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet uh, team up once again. Reunion. You if you're following be. our show, you know that like Dune was my favorite movie last year. And if it stays at the same level of quality, which by this casting, I'm assuming it will, it should be my favorite movie of 2024. 2023. 2023? Let's get into trailers. Uh, 
we got new trailers for Obi-Wan Kenobi and The Boys. They're, these are both like the first trailers for their respective seasons. Let's talk really quickly about the Obi-Wan trailer and then I'll let you off with The Boys because I haven't watched that series. Uh, um, I keep telling him to watch it. You, you, that's why you keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> so, Obi-Wan Kenobi, again, I told people in this show that like it's the thing that I'm most excited about this year in terms of TV shows. And I was I I was satisfied with the trailer. I was not a big fan of the book of Boba Fett. This already looks way better. It wasn't great. I think it'll be cool. Here's all I ask. I don't think it needs to be big on Luke Skywalker. Maybe one episode with Darth Vader, but I think the rest should just be Obi-Wan and his own journey. I hope there's not a lot of Luke Skywalker. You guys also know how much I hate kids in movies and television. <laughs> yeah. So I really hope that he's not in there very much. The people behind the show are pretty great. It's like John Favreau. Um, Deborah Chow is the director. Deborah Chow is the director. She did an amazing job with The Mandalorian. And uh, my personal favorite Star Wars person right now, Dave Filoni. So, so he's part of it too. Uh, so I'm assuming it will be amazing. All right. And then... For all you fans of The Boys, one of my favorite shows going on right now, they released the trailer for season three. I think, have you started this show? I saw like the first half of season one. Okay, so I think it gets even better in season two. This is a crazy show, and so if you've if you've seen the trailer, it's really well edited, really exciting. This is personally my most anticipated thing to come out of TV shows this year. Well, that's ironic <laughs> that we're both talking about trailers. Well, yeah, just perfect timing for this episode. Awesome. So uh, good to see you're excited. I will get on it. I promise. Kenny Content was a really fun part of our show that we used to do last year. Uh, be, like a little bit before the Oscars. We haven't done it a lot yet. Because uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're throwing it down. We have two two movies to talk about today. Let's start with Coda. It was nominated by Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Troy Koshner, uh, as Frank Rossi, and Best Adaptation Screenplay. What do you think? This is actually one of my favorites of the Best Picture nominees. Um, I officially watched Drive My Car yesterday, so I've seen all of them now. And this is, like honestly, my top three of the year. Um, it's such a heartwarming movie and it's the cast is wonderful but it also really opens your eyes to to deaf culture which is something we don't see a lot of in movies and uh, I think the praise for this movie is 100% deserved and I'm totally on the hype train for it to take home some awards yeah uh, I loved Coda I watched it a couple of weeks back which is why it's not on my best of 2021 list because it would would it be? yeah it definitely would uh, it's definitely one of my favorites from the Oscar run, like from the from the uh, Best Picture run. I still have to watch three different movies that I haven't watched yet, but I'm going to watch it until next week for our Oscar episode. Um, good good for Troy. He, he does a fantastic job in that movie. Um, he's been winning left and right in uh, yeah, the so past few weeks. Let's talk a bit about Oscars. Uh, 
So originally, like, he lost the Golden Globe to Cody Smith McPhee in The Power of the Dog. So it looked maybe like it was Cody's season. But I then told everything you. else. I told everything you. Everything else went to Troy. I told you nobody was giving a shit about the Golden Globes this year. Yeah, so they really just did not correlate, which kind of surprised me. Like, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, that's saying the same. Or Will Smith, he's still winning everywhere. But Troy Kotzer is kind of, he stole the the Oscar season now for supporting actor, and deservedly so. Out of the five Best Supporting Actor nominees, in my opinion, he's the only one who deserves to be called a winner. And he's just terrific in this movie as the dad. Uh, I agree. Uh, I kind of don't like the fact that... Um, oh, I forgot her name. Uh, Amelia who, Jones? Who plays the mom. Oh, Marley Matlin. Marley Matlin. Thank you. I, uh, she's a big deal in Hollywood. Like She's been big in Hollywood for years. Uh, I kind of hate the fact that she wasn't nominated because she also did a fantastic job. I think she would have deserved it too. Um, but yeah, like Troy st- completely stole the show here in uh, in the award season. And I f- we'll get to our predictions next week. But I'm spoiler alert, I think he's going to win. So yeah, it's looking good for him. If Troy Kotzer wins, he'll be the the second deaf actor to win after Marley Matlin, who won in the 80s for Children of a Lesser God. See, she's amazing. She is great. And they're both lovely in this movie. And so is Amelia Jones, um, who plays Ruby, the main character. Do you think this could win screenplay? I think it has a shot. I don't know if it's a lock. I think Troy is a lock. I don't know if okay. this is a lock. But it's it has a good shot. So because Power of the Dog is more of a best picture front runner, uh, people would predict that. But I'm honestly, I think Coda is going to be the it one to steal it. has a better script. Come on. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think if Jane Campion wins best director, then Coda is going to win adapted screenplay. And then picture, I think like if Coda wins screenplay, there's like a small chance that it can pull an upset but it would be a huge underdog right now i think it could it just won the sag awards for best uh best Best cast cast. which is basically their best picture yeah so Um, parasite won that two years ago and look what happened exactly Uh, so i'm f before that i would have agreed with you but now i think it might be more of a contender that people are giving credit So let's talk about something that did not live up to my expectations compared to Coda, who absolutely blew my expectations out of the water. Nightmare Alley. What did you think of this movie? Okay, I'm going to agree with you on this. It did not live up to my expectations. I liked it for what it was, and I thought the production value behind it is amazing. Come on in and find out. Is he man or beast? Kate Blanchett is phenomenal, but it's a little too long for its own good, and it takes a bit too long to get going. The last 30 minutes are fantastic. Everything leading up, I don't think I'd ever watch again. This is weird, because like I was the single person in my group of friends that thought that Shape of Water deserved to win Best Picture that year. And Shape of Water is great. I- Shape of Water is fantastic. I was That's why I was hoping for something better here. No, again, better might not be the better one. Maybe better suited for me. I don't know. Again, like like I got bored 
and I never thought I would get bored at a Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, the cinematography is fantastic. The, the production design is really good. No, that's some of the best of the year. Like, and it deserved those nominations. So it's nominated for picture, cinematography, costume design, and production design. Oh, Cable and Shad is not nominated? She's not nominated for Really? Supporting. She should have been. <laughs> she was nominated for the SAG. I was talking with people about this. I actually think this is like top five Kate performances. She she was really good. But that's the thing. Like, like I think I got a little less engaged every time Kate Blanchett wasn't on screen. That's fair. But then everything in the last act, which involves like some action and violence and twists, that's when I was like, oh, wow, that's what it was going for. I love this. But the last shot, I think, is brilliant. It it's just fantastic. takes two hours to get there. Like, the ending of this movie is fantastic, which is so weird because the beginning is so long. So let's talk. Do you think it can win anything? I think it's going to... It, it's going to take home something. It's that kind of movie. They're not going to let so? it, it... They're not going to let it not go home with anything. My bet is on either production design or cinematography, but I would probably go with production design. Okay. I'm not sure that it'll win anything. I think the best shot it has is production design, but either even then, I'd put Dune or West Side Story a little bit above. No, personally, me too. I just think that the Academy is going to be weird and give it to them. Okay. <laughs> like costume design, people are saying Cruella could win that right now. Oh, yeah, that might happen. <laughs> Cinematography, I think, is either Power of the Dog or Dune. And then picture, no chance. Picture, like, it's not winning best picture. Picture, it was a surprise that it even got nominated. All right, that was a lot of Oscar talk for today. It's always fun. And we're going to come back next week with our full predictions. We're going to dive deep into all the categories, acting, directing, animated, etc. But till then, let's talk about a new 2022 movie, The Atom Project, starring Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, Zoe Saldana, and more. You knew how to get in my dad's garage. You knew how to close the fridge. We have the same scar. Right here. And you're wearing my dad's watch. This watch? You're me. That's classified, but yes. This movie was good. Honestly, way better than I was expecting. Maybe I went in with too low of expectations. But I had a lot of fun. It was very visually pleasing. Like, it looked great. The visuals looked great. Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. He's fantastic at what he does. But, again, it's Deadpool. Uh, And Walker Scobell. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Either way. He is fantastic. He's so freaking funny. He's like Ryan Reynolds if he was 10. And usually, like, little kids who are, like, smart asses and talk like adults really get on my nerves. And I think Alan even more than me. Oh, I have a real problem with it. But here, I think it worked because he was, like, so sweet. And he was he was basically, like, kid Deadpool. Uh, I also thought, like, visually there was this quirkiness to it. And there's these sci-fi weapons and just enough world building without actually showing you what the world in the future looks like. Yeah, I really like that they didn't go into the future. And I had fun with it. Like the, the parts that they were trying to go for emotion actually really landed for me. I was about to say that uh, Ryan Reynolds showed me a very emotional side of him. 
that maybe I saw before in a couple of movies, but it really resonated with me this time around. Uh, Catherine Keener was an okay villain. Okay. <laughs> Very forgettable. This is the main thing that got on my nerves. I think the the biggest thing that got on my nerves in this movie was CGI de-aged Catherine Keener, which looked so creepy to me. Uh, there's, like, the main villain is Catherine Keener regular, but, like, she goes back in time and... No spoilers also. She just goes back in time and sees her younger self and... They have de-aged Catherine Keener in there for a while. Why it, just not her make her, like her regular self in 2022 or 2018 and put makeup on her to make her slightly older for 2015? Yeah, I mean... That would have been cheaper and would have looked better. I mean, yeah, because like, that's implying that, what, like Mark Ruffalo in his 50s, his business partner was like someone in her 20s. It makes so, no sense. Yeah, like you just have to suspend a little bit of disbelief once you Google how old Mark Ruffalo and Catherine Keener are. It was like, it felt like Edge of Tomorrow combined with a little bit of like old Spielberg, E.T. Close Encounters kind of touch for me. That That's a that's a good sort of analogy. Uh, yeah, overall, I, li- I really liked the movie. Jennifer Gardner was such a sweet mom. Uh, I thought I threw that in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen her this good in a while. I don't know what's considered like Jennifer Garner's best roles. I'm normally not thinking like, oh, amazing Jennifer Garner performance because usually she plays like the mom in family movies. But here she's she's great. Uh, one thing that I do like to point out: this is the unofficial sequel to Thirteen Going on Thirty. Uh, you know, I have never watched that movie. Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo are the main couple in that movie. Oh, uh, and it's a time travel movie. So this is the definitely an official slash official sequel to 13 Going on 30. But yeah, watch that movie. It's so good. It's like the, one of the best rom-coms of the 21st century. Is it up there with like, what else came out that time? Like Love Actually? That kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's really freaking good. Okay, I'll watch 13 Going on 30. It's a goddamn I, classic. I barely heard anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, so honestly, I think like watch this movie with your siblings, your friends. It's a fun time, and I think it's better value than most of the action movies that uh, Netflix has brought out. Like, I enjoyed this more than Red Notice. I think this is up there with Free Guy. It's like yeah. the better it's Ryan Reynolds. It's almost as good as Free Guy, but not as much. I agree with that. Next week... We're going to have our official uh, pre-Oscar show kind of thing. Uh, We're going to give you guys our specific, like, um, predictions of who's going to win what. Is it we're going to place bets? We're going to do, like, some fun show bets. We'll figure it out. We'll tell you. So, yeah. Watch Coda on Apple, Nightmare Alley on HBO Max, and Adam Project on Netflix. Till then... Uh, We hope you enjoyed our episode and, you know, keep watching movies and staying tuned for more on Film Fanatics. I'm Gall. And I'm Alan. See you next week.